This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Volume. Catching Phase is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. Catching Phase. Volume Podcast Network. I keep to leave here. The NFL Draft is this weekend, so we had to get a QB expert on the show before the end. I spoke with QB coach Jordan Palmer. Man, it's a dope interview. It's a great conversation. Hope y'all like it. But before we get to that, let's get to my takes of the week. My final mock draft. A couple days left to the draft. So, you know, I tweaked it a little bit than what it was in the past. But final top ten right here. Here we go. Number one, of course, Trevor Lawrence to the Jags. That's a given, man. It's one of those. Once in a century type of quarterbacks, how can you not take them? Uh, number one overall, man. God checking all boxes. Number two, the Jets take Zach Wilson. Just because we know that the Jets organization is pretty much in love with Zach Wilson, man. They, I think I think they like they're in love with his personality. They're in love with the the it factor that he brings. So, as well as the you know the the wow factor when you watch him on tape, man, he got that wow factor that uh, Mahomes kind of bring to the table. So. I think that's what the Jets fell in love with. They definitely need a quarterback. They picked uh, Zach Wilson at number two. Number three is where it get interesting. 49ers select Mac Jones. They kind of narrowed it down from Mac Jones, narrowed it down to Mac Jones and Trey Lance. I think Mac Jones is just NFL ready. Some guys, they, they need to get developed. I think he's already developed. He's ready to hop in right now and play. And the San Francisco 49ers is ready to win a Super Bowl right now. So I think if Jimmy if Jimmy go down, they want somebody who they can plug in and and not miss a beat. I think Mac Jones, that guy, I think they're going to they gonna feel the same way. So number three, 49ers select Mac Jones. Number four, Atlanta Falcons select Justin Fields. I think they like Kyle Pitts. They like Panay Sewell. But it's just a unique. It's a unique quarterback class this year, and I don't think they want to they wanna be the ones who let Justin Fields out of their sights, man. So if they got a chance to get their quarterback of the future right here, I think they pull the trigger. Atlanta Falcons go Justin Fields at number four. Number five, the Cincinnati Bengals select Kyle Pitts. I think they're trying to shore up that O-line, and at the same time they're trying to get Joe Burrow a nice little weapon. Kyle Pitts, man, they kind of do both. They He can help in the run game a little bit uh, at that tight end. And, of course, he's going to be a nice weapon for Joe Burrow. So 
Cincinnati at number five, they go Kyle Pitts. Number six, the Dolphins. The Dolphins select Panay Suwell. So uh, they signed Fuller in the offseason, man. They add a weapon. They got uh, Parker. They got Devontae Parker. They got Gasecki. They kind of got a tight end. They got a tight end who can make some plays, man. So I think what 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 make this team go to the next level is reassuring that O-line, man, just having a real starting five O-line. We know our five guys and having those guys control the line of scrimmage for you, run game, pass game, the entire game. So Panay Sewell, that would be a great pick for him, man, to, you know, add to that O-line. Number seven, the Detroit Lions select Jamar Chase. So they got a, a big-time quarterback, high-paid quarterback, Jared Goff there, man. They lost lost their receivers. So Marvin Jones and Galladay. So they definitely need need somebody for Jared Goff to throw the ball to. Nobody better than the best receiver in the draft, Jamar Chase. And number eight, the Panthers go Rashawn Slater. So they got a great, they got, they, they bring in uh Sam Darnold. They got Roby, familiar face for Darnold. Uh, they got more. They also got uh, the other more from out of Seattle. So pretty good receiving core. Uh, they got Christian McCaffrey, man. They built. So I think I think what what takes the Panthers to the next level right now is a big time lineman, a guy who could play guard, a guy who could play tackle, a guy who's gonna maul when he get in there, man. Who's somebody who's come in, they're ready to play right now. They make your O line, they take your O line from a seven to an eight and a half immediately, man. No matter if they're a guard or a tackle, Rashawn Slater is that guy. Uh, the Panthers select Slater at eight. Number nine, Denver Broncos select Trey Lance. They need a quarterback. They got Drew Locke. They got a, a gang of receivers, tight ends, man. Pretty decent O-line as well. Pretty good defense. So this is a good roster on paper, man. And, and they really just need a quarterback to get them over the top. And we don't know if Trey Lance that guy, but I think I think teams is falling in love with him, man. We talked to we talked to to Jordan Palmer. He said he's going to be the most likable guy in the room, and that's super important when it comes to quarterback, man. When, when you got a quarterback who's just likable, guys want to play hard for him, receivers want to run routes harder for him, O-linemen don't want him to get touched. So that's a super important trait when it comes to quarterback. So uh, Denver Broncos, they need a quarterback, number nine, they go Trey Lance. At number 10, the Cowboys select Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons. A lot of guys think they're going to go corner. But I think Trey Diggs could be that guy, man. I think Dan Quinn, once he put on the film, he's going to see Trey Diggs, and he's going to like what he see, man. He's going he gonna to know he got a, he got a CB1. He got a guy who could, who could start on the left side and, and, and get the job done, man. So I don't think they go corner with their first pick. I think they go just a playmaker on defense, man, a guy who can, who can get some interceptions for him, get some sacks for him, and 100 tackles plus, a guy who can just be all around the field for him making plays. And I think – I think uh, Michael Parsons is that guy out of Penn State. So the Cowboys are number 10. They go Parsons. That's my mock 10. Draft in a few days. We'll see how right I am. Catching phase. It's time for my interview with Jordan Palmer. Hope y'all like it. Hey, football fans. The 2021 draft is right around the corner, and FanDuel is hosting the free $20,000 mock draft contest. Put on your GM hat and predict the top 10 picks in the NFL 2021 draft for a chance at a share of the $20,000 in prizes. It's easy to play. Just make your draft picks and get points for every pick you get right. The person with the most points win the top prize. And don't worry if you only nail a few of your picks because you can still walk away with a piece of the $20,000 prize. The best part of this contest, it's 100% free to enter. Just download the FanDuel Fantasy app and click on the free to play button. Then lock your picks in for the 2021 draft and follow the action live on draft night. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Catching phase, I keep to leave here, man. We got a great guest on right now, uh, Jordan Palmer. I'm saying quarterback guru, brother of Carson Palmer. Man, he doing some important things right now, though, man. So he the guy we want to talk to. Jordan, what's up, baby? What are you doing, man? Now I never All played good. enough for you to pick me off. Did you ever pick my brother off? I did, I did, I did. I uh, I think I got Carson maybe twice. Garrett definitely once. Maybe okay. twice, though. Maybe twice. I, I followed uh, Terrell Owens one game when they had Ocho and T.O. Yeah. He threw me one late in the fourth. You know what I'm saying? I got him. You know what I'm saying? I got his. It's, okay. I, I touched him a little bit, you know? You <laughs> I doubt, I doubt he touched you after that, after he threw it to you. <laughs> hey, now, Carson got me, too, now. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I usually follow T.O. when we play. So, you know, if you follow T.O., he probably threw a touchdown on you. You know how that yeah. go. All right, so, Jordan, got two brothers, man. Both of them had successful college careers. Both of them touched the NFL. How that come about, man? Tell me about that that Palmer household, man. How was that growing up? Well, I, I'd love to say that my dad was an incredible athlete. My mom is six foot two and was a volleyball player in the Olympics. But uh, no, I mean, my dad sold insurance and my mom raised four kids. And uh, I think the biggest thing is my dad is, and it's different than a lot of the dads I experienced. Because right now I work with quarterbacks starting at age 10 all the way to NFL vets. And so certainly meet some dads that are more involved than they probably should be. And my dad, basically when Carson, he's five years older than me, when he got to high school, my dad basically said, look, you've already surpassed me in terms of what I know about football. Let me try and find you a good coach and stay out of the way. I'm going to make you finish everything you start. And I'm going to make you get great grades. And I'm going to make you be respectful and have manner. Like he he was an incredible, they're incredible parents, Uh, but they kind of stayed out of the way. and, And Carson was, you know, for a long time, I thought he was good. And that I just needed to get way better. Then I got, then when about the time he started having real success, I realized, oh, wait a second, he's like better than everybody else. Yeah, I don't, yeah. That isn't the car I need to get to. <laughs> and um, and he was just, man, he's the consummate. Like for, for what I do now, training guys to get ready for the league and, and working with young NFL vets, trying to get to second and third contracts. I mean, he was the best example of how to do it on the field, right. off the field, cool with everybody in the locker room, tight with all the equipment staff, great with the community, married with four kids, just a, you know, hurt all the time, always rehabbing 12 months a year, all ball, right. just an amazing example of how to do it. And, um, I played a lot longer than I should for me to play seven years. Um, I played longer than I should. I only had one offer coming out of high school. Um, but, uh, but it was an amazing example for me. And one that I actually really, you know, I, I use to help these guys kind of paint the picture yeah. of what it looks like to do this the right way. I was going to say, yeah, uh, just, it's almost like your brother probably trained you, huh? You've kind of had your own personal trainer, that's dope. That's kind of how I grew up, man. My brother three years older than me, and like I ain't had no trainers or none of that. Like my 
my parents was good parents, but they wasn't super involved in me playing football. But my brother used to write our schedules down when I was seven and he was 10. Like, all right, we going outside to play, work on offense at this time, defense at this time. Like, he was like my trainer, you know what I'm saying? And now I, now I see little kids with trainers and stuff, and I'm like, look, I had a personal trainer too when I was young, man. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so Jordan, we lucky, man. We grew up with them good big brothers, man. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's, that, that got a lot to do with it. While we in the position we in today, but uh, how was it? How was it playing with your brother though? Now that's that's super unique, man. I think it's only a handful of guys who really could say they done that. You know what I'm saying? Actually, been on the NFL roster with their brother. It'd be hard to say that we'll ever see a set of brothers play quarterback on the same team again in the league. Probably I mean, not. Insane. Um, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was four years, best four years. You know, I don't know. I've had some good four years, but uh, it was incredible. There's the you know, we went 12 and four and swept the AFC North one year, you know, and and uh, lost in the playoffs. But that was an incredible season. And we've been through some adversity. You know, we lost Slim, Chris Henry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we were I was who I was very we were both very close with Slim. Um, so we've had some highs and some lows. And, uh, you know, that time together is when him and his wife got pregnant with twins. So, yep. you know, that whole pregnancy and then the kids coming in to the world. And like so it was just it was incredible. We both got into hunting. We both have a we have a farm still in Ohio, um, and uh, so Cincinnati's a big part of us moving forward. And so, and then Carson demanding a trade and getting out of there while I was still on the roster was, you know, <laughs> to see how the league works behind the scenes. To say it was interesting is an understatement. So yeah, um, it was incredible. And then I went on, and we both went on to play at other places. And he had an incredible career, and um, is in my opinion one of the all time greats. And uh, and for me, I played long enough to learn enough to be able to help young guys, and that's what I'm doing now. Right, that's and that's what's up. Like you said, that's probably the first and the last time that we'll see a set of brothers, you know what I'm saying, on the same on the same NFL roster. Uh but now the new career, you know what I'm saying, the second life of Jordan Palmer, man. Jordan, you got the QB summit going on, man. You touching all these quarterbacks, man. They turning out to be great quarterbacks, man. So we got a unique, in my opinion, you know, I played a little ball myself. I see the quarterbacks come out. I think this is a unique class of quarterbacks, man. What about you? Yeah, I do. I think we're heading to a direction where we're going to start seeing three or four guys in the first round every year or five. Yeah. Um, I think it's the new norm. And, and what's happened in Akeem is, is I graduated high school in 2002, 36 years old. Okay. So when I was in high school, I played on, you know, we were, I'd argue we were the best team in the country, but we were definitely the best team in the state. And mm -hmm. um, they didn't rank nationally back then, but we were, we were unstoppable. I was the seventh best player on my team, you know, and we had one seven on seven tournament a year at Mission Viejo High School, and it was double elimination. So we played two to four seven-on-seven seven games that year. Right Right now, the average high school quarterback is on 1.4 seven-on-seven teams outside of his school right. and also tournaments. So what's happening is the 15-year-old today versus the 15-year-old in 2002 has completed hundreds of thousands more passes. Mm -hmm. Now, you can make the argument, oh, seven-on-seven is just a tournament. They got flags on, whatever doesn't matter. They've found completions. And when I was growing up, I, I worked with a guy named Bob Johnson. He was my high school coach. His son, Rob Johnson, played 11 years in the league. He was a, a legendary high school football coach out here. And he ran, he started the Elite 11 and ran the only real quarterback camp business where you could pay money and go to a camp. Right. Like I grew up with him. Now, bro, there's so many guys who do a great job of developing young quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Like even the kids who can't play, like they have a good base, they hold the ball with two hands, they, they know where they're going with the ball. Like that's the kids that can't play, right? Exactly. That's the ones that are never going to make it. So I think that, that what's happened is kids have completed more balls. Then in social media, when Carson was the number one recruit or whatever he was in the country, he got media guides and letters from schools. And that was it. Like you had to decide on where you wanted to go to school. You got to visit if you wanted to take it. But you were looking at media guides to figure out, man, what's, what's Knoxville, Tennessee like, right? Exactly. Now – Social media, just just democratization, just like you you can like like the best kids in Southern California, they don't go to SC and UCLA anymore. They go to Clemson, they go to Bama, right? Mm -hmm. So what's happened is these kids are exposed to so much more. Like Trevor Lawrence, I've been saying this, and we'll get into Trevor, but like Trevor, his senior in high school, he's a big deal. Like he's got he's mic'd up, he's got cameras around him, seven yeah. on seven tournament, everybody's got their phones out, videoing him, waiting for him to throw a pick. Like they're just so much more ready to play. And so when they get to college, that's why we see a lot of freshmen ball out. And then when we get, they get to the league, that's why we see rookies ball out early, like right away. 
because right. they're just more ready. They've had more quality reps. Right, and that's and that's and you talking about the quarterbacks, but shit, uh, Jordan. I look at all the positions. I look at like my fifteen year old nephew right now. Like, bro, you ten times ahead of where we was when we was fifteen. You know what I'm saying? So, just the trainers and like spots like A plus D one, and uh, and your spot. You know what I'm saying? Just places like that, man. I think these kids is becoming better and better at a young age, man. It's it's crazy the amount of one hand catches, the Odell type catches we see in seven on seven in high school and stuff like that. I ain't never see that when I was young. But now yeah. it's like every time we have a tournament here at my gym, I see three or four crazy one hand catches. And the kids yeah. are just so far advanced. They so much they so far advanced past where we were when we was fourteen and fifteen years old. I got a great story for you. So I was training, I'll tell you his name in a second. I was training a seventh grade quarterback years ago. I was still playing. I just stopped playing like this is my fifth year out. So I was training the seventh grader, local kid. His dad hit me up. I got the greatest seventh grade quarterback in the history of football. I'm like, yeah, cool. Sit him down. It's fine. Comes down and we start working. This kid is like way beyond his years, super smart, all ball, didn't play any other sports, but wasn't going to get burned out. I like love the game. And he goes, I want to bring my receiver. So he brings his receiver down and we start throwing and he starts throwing back shoulder fades in seventh grade to this wideout who's like taking an extra two steps, planting, accelerating, reaching his hands out, catching it. And it's unstoppable. And I'm right. sitting here going like, like a back shoulder fade when I was in high school was a bad throw. Like exactly. Like land five yards behind that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that was JT Daniels. Who's at Georgia, who I think is going to come, he's going to have a Joe Burrow year. And I think next year, people think this next year's draft class is weak. I got three names you haven't heard of. JT is going to be a top five pick next year. And the receiver was Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay. USC who's coming out this year is going to be a second uh -huh. round pick. So, like, in seventh grade, like, they're throwing back shoulders, and they have a feel for it. So, like, you just think about the emergence of a back shoulder throw in exactly. football. It's not a route. It's just a whole other thing that you, Akib, have to account for at all mm -hmm. times. As soon as they go beyond five yards, there's a chance that this thing could all be Exactly. If I know so it's a fade, is it so a regular fade or is it a back shoulder? Reps. Exactly, you man. Just, is growing up, learning how to protect against back shoulders. So it's like, yeah, exactly. you're right. It's the whole game. Yeah, this is the whole game is evolved, man. This it's good. I'm. I think I retired at the perfect time. I get to sit back and be a fan now, and and this shit crazy, Jordan. So let's get back to these quarterbacks, man. Uh, so these five quarterbacks, you know the five, man. What what your top five look like? How you got them ranked? It's hard for me to rank because you know this. It's all about where they go. So I'll say Trevor Lawrence right now. I, I just I, I don't know what I would. And I just spent three months, four months with him. But, like, I don't know what, like, major thing he would have to change, like, to be honest with you. Like, just if you and I weren't recording a show right now, we were just talking, I'd be like, I I'm not using the word perfect. I'm just saying, like, he got I don't it. know what major thing he's got to get way better at to have right. success this season. This season. How the other four look? We're going to get into Trevor. How the other four look? Whoever Sam Fran takes is number two. Um, that situation, that staff the way that the scheme that they have, you know, we've all heard it's Mac Jones. And then they're now that now it's down to him and Trey. I don't know if Trey Lance goes there and gets a chance um, to sit behind Jimmy G who's been hurt a lot lately. Right. Um, not his fault, but he's been hurt a lot lately. If he, I could see that transition going similar to how we saw Colin Kaepernick come in for a concussed Alex Smith. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I could see that same kind of deal. Um, but if it's, it is Mac Jones, they know what they're getting. They're getting a little bit more athletic uh, Matt Ryan and they had success, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, I don't know. Were you on that team? They, they, yeah. uh, I was in his draft. He in my draft. So I, I mean, I was in the South. I played against him a ton, man. He threw yeah. me my first pick. I got some Matt Ryan stories, you know. Yeah. So I, I think Mac Jones is just a more athletic Matt Ryan who Kyle Shanahan had success with. Um, but I, I love Trey Lance. Uh, I, I think there's an interesting discussion. So if we were to like, you know, you ever like create a player like on Madden or like of NFL course. Blitz as a kid, right? You only have so many attributes you can use. Right. Right. Well, the attributes, if you were to create a quarterback, fans or media would say arm strength, size, speed. Um, they'd say dumb stuff like hand size and like, you know, how smart they are. and all. Like, so you'd have these attributes. But the one attribute that fans and media don't know about that you and I know about from the locker room is how cool is this guy? Right. Like, is he is he cool enough where he can be the quarterback or is this the coolest right. dude in every single room? Right. I think Trey Lance will be the coolest guy in every single room. So for me, that puts him over the top. Yeah. And the other guys are super cool. Like I like Zach Wilson a lot. I spent a lot of time with him this off season. Um, I, they're all super cool. Trevor's coolest kid, but, but Trey's that guy where it's like, no, no, no. He's like, 
going to be the coolest, most likable, approachable, connect with every type of person guy in the room. So for me, if it's close in that middle of the pack of those other guys. That part right there puts you over the top. That's huge. So so I love Trey. Um, I think Zach Wilson, you know, people keep talking about Mahomes. What happened in the league, as far as I'm concerned, is Drew Brees was really the, the, the real consummate guy at this. And there's a lot before him, but just people who are watching, you know, my our age and younger, Drew Brees, because he been a long time, but he just got done. Like, he's a distributor of the football. Right. He's like a great point guard who he'll hit his shot if you leave him open, but he's going to distribute the football and he's going to okay. create high percentage shots for everybody else on the basketball court. That's what the Steve Nashes did. That's like, yep. like AI was unbelievable and could dish, but the, the point guards now, like, like they just, they, they put people in a position to make a high percentage shot. That's what a good exactly. point guard does. That in my opinion is what a good quarterback Drew does. Drew Brees. What's happened though is Patrick Mahomes is that too. He's just also super sexy and has a crazy arm and makes crazy throws. So, but he's a distributor of the football. Like he's not just trying to fit it in that window and it's like risk reward. Like, no, no, he takes the check down and reads it out. Right. right. So I think Zach I'm not comparing those two players, but what I think Zach is, is a distributor of the football who has physical ability to make some crazy play. He's going to have so many highlights, but he's a distributor. So I love that about him. I think New York's a tough spot to go through right now. I think it's going to be a, a minute. So just from a personnel standpoint, so you don't just flip a roster in a year. I don't care how many picks you have. So I, just, I think that's going to be hard. Um, and uh, and then I like Mac Jones. I mean, I think Mac Jones is developed. You know, a lot of these guys have been, have been developing I think Alabama, he's developed. And one thing about Mac Jones, nobody's talking about. I love the fact that in an era when everybody transfers, when they don't have the ball in their hand, this dude sat there and listened to everybody talk about Tua for four years. And then when he got his turn, he didn't need three weeks to warm up. He put his foot on the gas week one and damn near won a Heisman. And I I respect that. And then the last guy didn't hit his fields. You know, fields, I've known since high school. I think personality-wise, work ethic-wise, Whatever we're hearing about work ethic is not true. This dude's a grinder. He totally is. He's a great, great work ethic, super smart. Um, my only big question is like, he, he not, not winning the job at Georgia. I don't know what happened, but the guy that he didn't beat out at Georgia, Jake Fromm, he was on practice squad last year in Buffalo. They just signed Mitch Trubisky. There's a chance this guy's either on practice squad or out. Wow. So here's a guy who's supposed to be a top five pick and the guy they didn't beat out there's a chance he'll have never played it. He'll have never been on a roster. Right. So that's where I'm like, what? And they, and they let him play as freshman. That's my only thing. I'm like, how did that happen? Cause I know how competitive this guy is. Maybe it was Paul. I, I don't know what the situation was, but that's my only real question is like, yeah, what you happened know, with a, that? Got, you got to take something that's not yours. Not yeah. just take what they give you. Especially a quarterback, man. You, you, you want to see him come beat out, beat out a guy like from, I mean, if he don't beat him out, like you said, you want that guy to be, the next starting quarterback, you say, all right, well, that's why he ain't beat him out. Look, look, look at him now. That's the guy he ain't beat out. But if that guy's not in the league in two years, you got questions right there, man. So and Trevor, so, Lawrence, Trevor though, Lawrence came into a similar situation with Kelly Bryant, you know, and, and the, they let him Kelly Bryant play. went to the playoffs and everything. He went to the playoffs, and when they made that an open competition, shit, it was like, come on now, are you serious? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So, so speaking of Trevor Lawrence, what what separates him, man? What make him what make him that guy? In your opinion, what what what's just separating him from everybody? Because I I got him separate too. It's night and day. Like even when I watch the pro days, it's like Trevor Lawrence got two balls that touch the ground, and really the the receiver could have caught that that one on the sideline. He trying to keep his feet in. He threw spiked that ball himself, and then the tight end that's a perfect ball. He like he's slow though, but I'm like. No balls touch the ground, really, when Trevor Lawrence have a pro day. Other guys, seven, eight balls on the ground. So you can just tell what make them different to you. Well, keep in mind, Keith, like, we threw 10 times before that pro day. We bumped it up six weeks. That's never been done before, right, because of shoulder surgery. We had 10 sessions. First two sessions is, like, you know, warming up and going through stuff. I, I, we kind of, like, just set that up and did it. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it wasn't it's not like these other guys had two pro days, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They've been throwing for three months every day working on new stuff. So the fact that one, the fact that he goes, yeah, I'll just do a pro day. Then no worries. Like, not like, well, I haven't had time to prepare it. Like, like just zero things over this guy's 20 year career will affect this guy negatively. It's just like the sports illustrated article that came out when he was talking about how, like, I don't need to have a chip on my shoulder and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, how are we not celebrating the fact that one of these guys 
who everybody's been prying in on his life since he was had 50 offers as a sophomore. And this guy goes, look, I'm not super concerned with everybody else thinks. Here's my authentic answer. I don't need to be, have a chip on my shoulder. I don't exactly. need people to motivate me. I, I, I respect the fact that you do and others do. I don't need that. I'm trying to be great on my own and I don't need everyone to think that I suck to motivate me. I, I got my own internal motivation. And I just think that's authentic and real and people connect with authenticity no matter where you're from, what you believe, what your history, you connect to authentic people, people who keep it real, exactly. right? Real recognize real, right? Like that, that's, that's Trevor. And so exactly. I look at him coming out of the, he's been the face of college football for three years. His senior year, he's the face of high school football, which doesn't sound like a big deal to a, an NFL fan. That's a massive deal. Are you kidding I'm me? From, I'm from Texas. So I know I'm from Texas. I'm from Texas. So I know it's, yeah. it's a big deal. Being a, being a five-star is one thing. Being the number one recruit in the country, that's a thing. And so that's I would say thing. for four years, he's been in college for three, for four years, he's been going through what NFL veteran quarterbacks go through. Always got to be on, always got to watch what you say, always have people come up to you, talking to you, taking pictures, taking selfies, all that stuff for four years. And on top of that, this last year, he led the Let Us Play movement. He used his platform. We all forget because everything's been happening. The Let Us Play movement started with Clemson and Trevor Lawrence. So he used his, that I mean, making things. And the NFL was watching the NCAA to see how this was going to go. So yeah. I think Trevor deserved the Heisman because he's the reason we had football this year. A big exactly. reason. Okay? Then when George Floyd was killed, he used his platform and stepped right out into it. He didn't need to ask, you know, what do you think about it? He just stepped out and used his platform for good. The irony in this is if there's one player in this draft who did not need to play this year and his draft stock would not have been affected, Mm-hmm. It's Trevor, and he's the guy that used his platform that allowed everybody to play football this year. Whatever impact it had, it was big. And I just think that because he looks at it and he goes, he doesn't go, well, I want to you know, improve my draft stock or I want to he, – he feels compelled to do something and he does it. And I just think he's like a 35-year-old man in a 21-year-old body. He's super mature. Yeah, that's, that's what's up. I think that's, I think that's why I got him like – not separated from everybody else is just how you handle the expectations, man. Like you said, your senior year, your first three years in school, just how you handle those expectations. That's hard. Like, I mean, and you could say, uh, Justin feels he, he ain't really handling like that. You went to Georgia, it ain't work out here. You had to transfer to go here. And then you kind of got on track right there. And then, you know, it's the expectations is hard, man. I done been a first round pick. I done signed a $60 million contract and expected to be the, uh, CB1, you know what I'm saying? So expectations, man, that's that play a major part in your game. You got to handle that shit. And the way he handled that shit is second to none, man. So that's why I separate him from everybody else, man. Everybody can't do that. Yeah. I think there's a couple of universal languages in the locker room. I'm actually interested to talk to you about this. So because what's great about football, my favorite thing about football, it's a melting pot, right? You get people from all different backgrounds, all different races, all different beliefs, all political, everything. Right. But you got to come together. I love it. Not every yep. company's built like that, right? And so I think there's, and I always tell young quarterbacks, there are some universal languages in that locker room. Like everybody speaks this language. Mm-hmm. One of them is work ethic. Yeah. Like if you take two polar opposite people and what they believe and what they look like in the front and they both are really like work ethic. So they can connect on that right away. Easy work ethic, toughness, tough guys, respect tough guys. Exactly. Okay? Soft guys may not respect tough guys and tough guys don't respect soft guys. Okay. Right. And showing up in the moment, being a baller, you and I both know, and we can talk off camera, it's the names of some quarterbacks that not everybody on that team likes that guy, but they want that ball in his hand on Sunday. Exactly. They'll play with him. They may not kick it with him and may, they may not talk to him ever, but they will show up for that guy on Sunday. Hell yeah. So yeah. if you speak all three of those languages, who you're not going to connect with, what happens is you build a program where everyone starts to speak that. And if they don't speak one of those three languages, Give me somebody out. Does. Exactly. and that's how you build a championship program. And that's what urban Meyer's done at like four different places in college. And I think that's what they're going to do in Jacksonville. I I agree. I don't, I don't see, I don't see Jacksonville being down. I don't see him being Jacksonville much longer, man. Urban Meyer. And then uh, Trevor Lawrence, man, it's, it's a quarterback driven league. I don't give a damn. It's a quarterback driven league. You might not change the program overnight, but man, quarterbacks like that, it don't take them long to change programs around, man. Just cause like you said, they, 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 
aura feed throughout that locker room, man, and, and, and it's contagious. So so let's say Jordan Palmer, you had the number one pick. We know who you're taking. But if you got the number two pick in the draft, who Jordan Palmer taking with that number two pick in the draft? Oh, man. I'm a quarterback, so I take Kyle Pitts, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about out of these, out of these QBs, out of our last four. Who you like? Who you yeah. like? Who you like at number two out of our last four QBs? I have a hard time ranking these guys. Um, I think all five of these guys are going to be great players. Um, I just I, I got a, an affinity for for Trey Lance, man. Um, they yeah. asked him to do a lot pre-snap. Spent a lot of time with Trey. They uh, they 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 asked him to do a lot. Um, he shouldn't have to apologize for playing at North Dakota State, just like Mac Jones shouldn't have to apologize for having superstar receivers. It's not his exactly. fault. To play the healthy, play the hand he's dealt. Exactly. And, um, and so I, I just think with Trey, we're going to see, and I, I've spent the last four years, a lot of time with Josh Allen. Um, and I'm not going to compare the two of those guys. I don't think that's fair to compare a young guy with an established guy, but, um, but I do see an opportunity for him to be a much better pro than he was college player. And he was a really good college player. Um, you know, I, when Josh was coming out, um, you know, I, I heard all the busts and all that stuff. But I said that about I've said this about a couple of guys. I said this about Deshaun Watson too, because I worked with Deshaun for years. Is a guy, even though they're dominant in college, there's a chance that they become way better in the league. Mm-hmm. And that happened with Deshaun because what it comes down to is what did they ask you to do in college? Um, for example, if they tell you what the play is and you run it, but when you get to the league, you're mentally capable of giving two or three different things that you could get to and having the right answer, right? Right. You play with Peyton, right? Yep. Yeah. So what he did pre-snap, call it what you want. He got the offense into the best play possible versus yep. that look exactly. every time. Okay. So if at Clemson, if they don't ask Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence to do that as much as they will in the league and they're mentally capable of handling it, they're gonna be then better. they're going to be a better pro. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a better pro. And so I look at Trey Lance. They asked him to do a lot. He did a lot with it. And they were, we, we say it's, oh, it's, it's, what are they, FCS or whatever? Like, oh, it's, it's Division two or whatever. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know what, what North Dakota State is, but they were favored in like almost every game. Right. Right. They're like the better team, but he shouldn't have to apologize for that. I think he's a guy who can handle a lot mental responsibilities in the league, but physically, dude, he's dirty. He can make you miss. He can whip it across his body. He can throw on time. Like he can process a lot. So I just look at that guy um, and I go, he goes to the right situation, you know, and I think all the guys, you know, for the most part, it would benefit from sitting to some extent. Um, maybe not a whole season, but partial season. Mm-hmm. So I think he's one of those guys just to catch up with the speed of the game. Um, but I, I think Trey's a guy where, um, because his personality, because his work ethic, his ceiling is a lot higher than what we currently see it as right now. Right. And then look on my top five, I got Trey at five. And I think it's just because I don't know. I ain't seen him. I ain't sat with him okay. like you. I ain't been in a room with him. Like, like you said, if you get in the room with one of these guys and you know it out the gate, like if you get in the room with Peyton Manning, it's like everybody just tuned into him. And I bet it been like that for decades. You know what I'm saying? So if they could command that room like that, you know that right away. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't seen that. I ain't really – all I seen was those, what, 12 games or whatever that he played yeah. and a couple of interviews and stuff. So that's 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 interesting you say that, man. You got to get around some of these guys to to, you know – really know what kind of guy they are, know what kind of leader they are and, and, and stuff like that, man. But what you think, what you think, I'm interested to know this, interested to know this, but um, what you think make make guys successful or, or, or make some of the QBs bust? What what you think it is? I know it's, I know it's kind of the fit, but what else go into that? So I, uh, every year I get, I, I, I create my own notes on these draft guys and I get it notarized so I could say that I said it then and I don't yeah. share it with anybody. I just want to know that I was right or know yeah. that I was wrong. And I've been right for a while. I've been right for a minute. And um, for me, it comes down to two things, and it doesn't show up on tape. You kind of have to have access. So I look at two things, confidence and maturity. Yes, right? sir. So um, because there's because we got 5'11 dudes that can ball, right? It's like it's not about height anymore, right? right. We got slow guys that can ball. And we got guys with just okay arms that can ball, right? So it's not, it can't just be physical. Right. So – I look at it from a confidence standpoint, confidence. So keep, I think, I think confidence is the most important trait in a quarterback. And I'd argue same thing for any position. I'd also argue that for fatherhood, running a business, being the man of a household, I'd argue that confidence is the most important trait. I think though, confidence is 
um, it's a muscle that you can develop. I don't think it's God given or hereditary. Mm-hmm. Now, your circumstances that you grew up in, your family, your whatever, your friends, your parent, everyone can influence that, but it's a muscle you have to develop just like a bicep. Okay. Right. There's two types of confidence. There's reactionary confidence and there's self-generated confidence. So reactionary confidence is dependent on the environment. Meaning if everybody says you're great, you believe them. If everybody says you suck, you start to wonder if they're right. You're reacting, right? Good year. I'm up here. Bad year. I'm down here. Right. Right. There's self-generated confidence, which means I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. This is what I believe about myself. And I don't care how bad this gets. I'm not changing my opinion on me. If you have reactionary confidence and you're drafted really high to play quarterback, you're dead. You're dead. Not going to make it. I don't care how good your situation is. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you have self-generated confidence, I think you got a chance. I don't care how bad your situation is. Second thing is maturity. Maturity is not tucking in your shirt and using manners and showing up on time and saying, yes, sir. But maturity, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, maturity is getting put in a new situation you've never been in before have no idea how it's going to go down and you have the poise and the presence to handle it in a way where you look back on it and you go, yeah, I wouldn't have changed a thing. Right. And what happens is we've, the guys that have come into this league, if you look through that lens and you go through all the quarterbacks the last decade that have been drafted, if you know enough about them, you'll go, Oh yeah. Yeah. You'll look at the list of busts and you'll be like, ah, maturity, 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 confidence, confidence and maturity was the, you look at the greats. Ooh. Yep super confident, super mature. Right. So you look at Joe Burrow for an example. So I'm one of the only people that came out in June before his senior year and went on Bucky books and Daniel Jeremiah's podcast and said, there's a guy at LSU that nobody's talking about. That's got a chance to be the number one pick Heisman trophy and win the national championship. Yeah. By the way, on this podcast, I'm saying that about JT Daniels at Georgia. Okay. This year. The reason I believe that was because from a confidence standpoint, I've been, you know, maybe Mahomes in college when I was around him and Deshaun I, and my brother and some guys I played with. I was like, this might be one of the most confident people I've ever met. And I don't think he's even a little bit cocky. He's not self-absorbed enough to be cocky. He is just that confident. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I watched him his senior year. You got to think about it. When they went on that crazy run at LSU, when they got to like week five or six. Man, nobody in that building had ever been five and oh at LSU. Those, those people, those people who are back in there, they're all gone. Right. Right. Everybody's, you know, and you know how a team, when a team gets hot, these young guys start popping off guys start like feeling themselves and like not doing the things that they need to do to got them there. And Joe every week kept his foot. He got better every week. Right. And you think about the media, he had, he didn't, he wasn't a famous guy in high school. He wasn't the number one right. in the country. It was all new to him. And he handled it as if he had just been doing that for four years. Mm-hmm. I look at that and I go confidence and maturity yeah, then I'll evaluate the arm talent and all that stuff. But I think that's literally the line in the sand. If somebody's not self-generated confidence and super mature, I think they're going to struggle. Them two, them great points. Great points right there, Jordan. I, I always I always looked at the confidence. But, I mean, I guess you got it as, as far as I ain't really say it myself. But, like you said, when I'm looking back on it, on the quarterbacks with Josh Freeman, I was not very mature. You know what I'm saying? It ain't work. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kind of thinking about the quarterbacks I play with. It's one or the other. You know what I'm saying? And and that's that's kind of what make and break those guys. So you've been around a lot of great quarterbacks, man. Trained a lot of hey, guys. And, and Akeem, on that, by the way, the last two drafts, they haven't had a chance, the teams haven't had chances to meet with these guys in person very much. Exactly. Okay. That's huge. So, so think about this. Three years ago, before COVID, um, who'd I have? Drew Locke. Okay. Right. So he Played in the senior bowl, kicked it with some coaches, okay? Went to the combine, met with coaches, in-person meetings, informal and formal meetings. So multiple meetings. Let's just say Denver Broncos. He met with Denver Broncos. He met with them at the senior bowl. He met with them at the combine. Mm -hmm. Usually at your pro day, schedule like a dinner, right? A couple teams. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you kick it with them there. Then you do an in-person visit. You spend the whole day. You probably did like 10 of those. Spend the whole day, right? A team can really get to know a guy, the way he ticks, the background, outside of what they can Google, they can really get to know a guy. The last two years, it's been on Zoom. So there are players in each of in this draft last year and this year who are going to benefit from that because they got some skeletons in their closet that aren't going to find out. Maybe they're not as cool. Maybe they don't connect. Maybe they don't really work that hard and the teams won't find out. And then there are players 
who if you would have gotten person with them, you would have fallen in love with them. Right. But they didn't get a chance to. It'll be hurt by the Zooms. So in that top five, there's some guys that could go either way. That could be beneficial Mm. because they didn't things found out about them. And then there's some guys that could have gone higher had people fallen in love with them. Exactly. Exactly. That's them. Some interesting points, man. So, so, uh, big time quarterbacks, man, from you see him, but right behind you, Allen, the Allen, uh, Deshaun, Mahomes, a lot of guys you don't work with, man. So as far as confidence, yeah, there you go. Confidence, maturity, and just flat out being a baller, man. Who the guy you seen so far? Were you like, man, I this the guy? Um, I mean, there's a bunch. I, I just think this guy, I mean, Josh. Um It's hard not just, to say his name, huh? <laughs> yeah. I just I'll say he this. He's a fucking man. baller, man. I'll say this. I think, ooh, kick my little thing. Sorry. I think he's the most physically talented player to play the position ever. And here's why I say that. Okay. So he, he had like Deshaun Watson, incredible athlete, like had the same draft trainers. Right. So when you look at the measurables, the 10 yard split, the 40, the broad jump, the vert, all the measurable tests, Josh is actually like more explosive and faster and jumps higher. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you look at arm talent, and, and I think Deshaun is one of the best players in this league, like top three players in this league. Okay. Then you look at the arm talent. I backed up Carson. I backed up Cutler in his prime. I grew up with Jamarcus Russell mm-hmm. going to the elite 11s. We came out the same year. Uh, I've thrown with all these dudes, you know, I've thrown with Stafford, thrown with all these guys. I, I was spent a couple of years working with Patrick Mahomes. I think this guy's got the strongest arm I've ever seen. I don't know how we rank it, whatever. But, like, if it's not the strongest, it's a little bit uh, – it's 2% less than the strongest, okay? Right. But not every fast guy is a runner. Not every slow guy can't run. He's a fast guy, and he can run. He can – he understands a stiff arm. He knows when to cut back. He sees man he, coverage and sets the guy up. He's <laughs> yeah. a runner. Yeah. Right? But him Like, him in the red zone, like – He's got all these touchdowns in the red zone. They ain't QB sneaks. Mm-mm. They, they real not run. A, a keep off a bootleg. You know, like, no, he's a runner, okay? And he's 250. <laughs> so I go, all right, let's put the list of people who are more physically talented than him. And you say, like, oh, well, Lamar Jackson. Okay. He's got 40 pounds on Lamar Jackson and three inches and a lot stronger arm. Well, Michael Vick was yeah, – okay, Michael Vick's faster. Yeah, yeah. He's got a 60 pounds on Michael. <laughs> like, right. You look at the whole picture, but here's the thing. He's about the most likable quarterback. My brother's up there that I've ever, you ought to see these dudes in Buffalo. Like That's, people may use that term. We'll take a bullet for this that guy. Shit's serious, they will. Lord. They will. And you know, he's not like pandering to like the Buffalo community. No, he is Buffalo. It's the biggest city he's ever lived in. He is so on brand for them. He's the like hard work, toughness. He's cracking jokes in the huddle, right. but he'll, he'll fight somebody. Are you kidding me? Like he's a dog. Yeah. So it's just hard not to get excited. Like I'm sitting here like pacing. Like you think <laughs> about this guy and he's just now learning how to do it. Exactly. And I look at him and I mean, there's a lot of guys that get excited about it. Are you kidding me? But I look at him, I go, who's more physically talented than that guy? You say ever though, ever? I mean, go back. Like, John Elway hey, didn't run it like that. Hey, like, you said it. You got to stand on it. You know what I'm saying? If it I, ever I, is I'm ever. saying, like, like, I'm not on Twitter, but, like, let's create a poll and let's go, well, what about this guy? Like, I don't know. I bet he's faster than that guy. What about Line this guy? Up, huh? like, <laughs> Straight up. I like The knock like two years ago would have been, well, he can't control the ball underneath. All right. Well, he did last year. Did last year. Did everything last year, right? So, so I just – like the killer up. instincts, all that. And he just has this different than the Trevor Lawrence Sports Illustrated article. He's got a massive chip on his shoulder. This yeah. dude sent out 1,300 emails trying to get a scholarship offer, and everyone said, like, kick rocks. So just like, exactly. You just look at the whole picture. There's people that do certain things better than him, of course, but the whole picture, I'm just like, mm-hmm. ever, I don't know. I mean, let's put together a list because, like, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but like, there's not 10 people on the list above. Exactly. And we'll see. Time will tell. You know what I'm saying? We we got it on wax right now, Jordan. So, you know, I call you, you know what I'm saying? Fly in, we drink a beer. When he Hall of Fame and he got a four chips, we sit down and watch our episode, you know what I'm saying? Do it. 
Let's do it. For sure, man. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you got a super busy schedule, man, uh, around this time of the year. But uh, one more before we get out of here. Best DB you played against. Somebody you were just like, God damn, it seemed like it's two or three of them out there, man. I mean, I, I was in the AFC North when we had Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu, man. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Troy Polamalu. Um, and he was Carson's roommate in college, so I had known Troy since I was a kid. I knew yeah. Troy since he had a bald head. <laughs> nobody, nobody knows that Troy. Right. He grew out his hair because he got concussions in college. Um, you need that cushion. Troy was everywhere, man. He he would line up in the A gap in cover two. I mean, I'm I'm being serious. He lined up in oh, the I A gap it. like coming and he would peace out and have deep halves. Um, Ed Reed, I mean, and Ray Lewis too. I mean, but Ed was just you. You had your Reed, and then you had where's Ed Reed? Right? Like, <laughs> like, hey, we like this for a single high. Uh, okay, well, well, where's that? <laughs> like, you right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Okay, but like, where's he? Right. So, exactly. Um, he could cover the most ground and also he studied the game. He wasn't just some like fast guy who had good hands. Like he knew his, their ability to read the quarterback and tell and call it out and know your tendencies. He was there those two guys were the entire package. And um, I got to give one shout out to the late Cedric Benson, my boy who passed away a couple years ago. The only player I've ever seen knock Troy Polamalu out of a game, the hardest hit I've ever seen in my life. It was a toss to the sideline. I'm standing on the sideline. I spent a lot of time on the sideline. And <laughs> and and Sed and Troy both got to take four or five steps. Yeah. And, and it's the only time I've ever seen Troy Polamalu's ear pads come out. Um, <laughs> think about him hey, play Sed, that long. Hey, Sed a big boy now. Sed, Sed would Sed give up a touchdown to find contact. That, hey, I'm telling sure. you, he a big boy. Hey, Joy, yeah. man, I appreciate it, man. You taking time out that busy schedule to, you know, hop on with us, man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. You already know. Catching phase. I keep to lead. Y'all tune in. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.